Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much, friends, for joining this episode of Hope Along the Journey. I'm your host, Mark Cravens, and we're delighted to have you join us for what I believe is going to be a very wonderful and encouraging episode of Hope Along the Journey. I have with us here today by way of Zoom none other than Brian Keaton Jr., all the way from Roanoke, Virginia. Brian, welcome to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Thank you for having me, Mark. I'm a big, big fan of the show. Yeah, and you you were recently at the church, and you told me that you listened to the podcast, and man, that really lit my fire. Because I, I don't always know who's listening out there, but when people walk up to me and share and say, hey, I listened to it, that always encourages me. Well, I've heard you say that before on the podcast, and I, I listened to it for about, a, I want to say about a year and a half. I drove Coke uh, truck for Coke, yeah. and uh, every morning about three in the morning, whenever your podcast popped up, I'd always listen to it first because it would be the most encouraging show <laughs> I'd listen to that day. But uh, no, I'm excited to be here. I've had uh, I've had at least three or four family members on your podcast, yes. and so mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just a blessing to be here with you today, Mark. So again... So glad to have you, Brian, with us today here, and I want you to share your testimony of how you came to know Christ. Uh, But before I do that, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your military experience and kind of explain what what this means being in the Airborne Rangers, what, what it was that all about. Sure, yeah. So the Airborne Rangers, it's, uh, it's the Army's special operations uh, regiment and so very similar to the the Navy SEALs for the Navy, uh, the Airborne Rangers they're considered to be the the most deadly and effective light op, uh, light infantry special operations unit in the world. Wow! And uh, so SEALs and Rangers argue that point, but it's a good <laughs> argument to have. You know, it's good to be competitive when it comes to military. You know, it's a friendly sure. competition, right? Um, but, you know, I grew up, my dad was in the military my whole life. And uh, when I when I got out of college, he was at Walter Reed and as a wounded uh, warrior there. And so what I did was I volunteered for six months working with amputees, building custom bikes for them so that they could ride with no legs or no arms or whatever the case. That's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. And so... I decided not to go back to college and to enlist in the army. I was lucky enough to get an option 40 contract. Now, what that means is when you go to basic, you don't just get assigned to a unit and go. Uh, There are certain contracts that guarantee you schools if you graduate. So what happened was I go to infantry basic training, graduate, uh, went straight to airborne school where you learn how to jump out of planes, uh, graduate, (laughs) went went to pre ranger for a month, month and a half or so. And then went to Ranger Selection, which is an eight to nine week uh, course uh, process. And then if you graduate that, which I think we started out with about 200, maybe a little more, and we ended with somewhere around 50 or 60. Uh, And so once you graduate, 
you go to Ranger Battalion. And okay. so there are three battalions. There are about 3000 Rangers in the army. Wow. And, uh, and there you, you know, you train as a Ranger only with Rangers. And so you, you know, that's fascinating. I think a lot of people, the Navy SEALs, you know, there's been a lot of books, a lot of movies, a lot of, you hear a lot about that, but honestly, the airborne Rangers is something I don't think people hear a lot about. And yet it, yeah. to me, it's very fascinating one yeah. of the reasons I brought you on, the main reason I brought you on, in fact, was I wanted you to share your story with my listeners of how you came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And it's, it's a remarkable story. You shared some of it with my congregation the last time you were here at New Life Community Church. But I'd like for you to share that story with us today, if you would, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, first of all, if I start babbling on and on, please feel free <laughs> to to shut me up, okay, Mark? I'm being serious. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the army uh, because that that was a huge reason why I kind of entered into such a struggle. You know, a lot of people they understand that veterans have a hard time. Mm-hmm you know, getting back into civilian life. And that definitely was the case for, for me. I, my identity was airborne ranger. And these guys are the most, uh, you know, aggressive killers that we have in the army. And among those top tier men, uh, I considered myself to be in the top tier among them. And so I was very, uh, this, this beast like, mentality that you have to have mm-hmm. was something I I took a lot of pride in. And that rebellion that that got worse and worse growing up, the army capitalized on that. Mm-hmm. And uh and so it was something that was encouraged and was idolized. If you had that it factor, mm-hmm. that extra, you know, numbness and aggressiveness, mm-hmm. that was uh praised. You were praised for having that. It, it, you were awarded for that. Well, in civilian life, you're not. No. Uh, you know, you can't even get a job. I remember applying at jobs and thinking they were beneath me and they didn't want to hire me mm-hmm. because they don't need someone who, you know, is an expert with a pistol and an M4, uh, a grenade launcher and knows how to to give a needle D and, and perform first aid. They don't, you know, that they don't need that. And so that I had a lot of resentment toward everyone, uh, especially authority. Uh, when I did have jobs, I couldn't hang on to it because the minute they tell me to do something, my first thought was what has, you know, what has he earned? What, what did he do to tell? And, and, and the military's built like that. Right. You know, there's a ranking right. system, there's a chain of command, and and before you can tell someone to do something, you've got to earn that spot, and you know how it is. Sure. Uh, so, you know that really ruined a lot of relationships for me. I can imagine my work, right. my right. work relationships, my relationship with, at the time, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and we had a kid at the time, and uh, with a lot of family members and friends, a lot of bridges burned mm-hmm. because I could not. I, I couldn't, I couldn't act, re, get reacclimated into this this life yeah. that I once knew, you know. And that's a challenge for a lot of veterans, isn't it? I think Absolutely. a lot of people don't understand that at all. But it is not; it's not always easy, because, like you said, you just kind of get turned into a machine, 
you know, sure. and they and you you're trained and you're programmed to act and behave in a certain way, which works great on the battlefield, but it doesn't work well at home and you're with exactly. your relationships. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's very hard. I will say this. I debated on whether or not to talk, I, you know, I didn't know how much time we would have. And so I'm going to talk about it because I know we have the time. But uh, when I had a few months left in the army and they pretty much ask you, are you going to reenlist? And if you say no, you have to take quite a few months to go to those courses that are supposed to help you adjust to civilian life, know what to expect and turn in all your equipment. At this time, I thought I was safe. And so um, I started smoking marijuana and I came into work one day and to my surprise, there was a drug test and I failed. Now, God was very gracious to me because, um, you know, that didn't turn into a dishonorable discharge or anything like that, uh, thankfully. And I, I don't know if, if that happens to people, to my knowledge, I don't think that you get dishonorably discharged for something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't happen to me, and uh, but it did affect my pride, and it did hurt some relationships, and it brought a lot of shame. And so that sure. didn't help in the transition process. You know, I couldn't, it was almost as if I couldn't walk out with my head high after this very successful, you know, one enlistment career I had. Right. right. Uh, I was kind of leaving with my tail between my legs. And so... Uh, the reason I bring that up is because that's really what I struggled with for the next few years was being a, a slave to mm-hmm. to marijuana. And for some people, they use it recreationally. It's not a big deal, but it completely dominated, controlled, and ruined my life, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Uh, and I had convinced myself I needed it. I convinced myself that... Um, you know, I was better with it. I didn't want to have conversations people with people if I wasn't uh, high. Mm-hmm. I didn't right. want to go to the store. I didn't want to spend time with my family. And so I thought to myself, well, this eases the pain. This makes me have conversations with my wife. It makes me proactive and go out. And, and the thing is, it, it you know, people think you smoke. You're just a couch potato. Yes, but when it when you become someone who uses it on a daily basis, mm-hmm. every single day mm-hmm. for years, sure, it's the only thing that gets you off the couch, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so I struggled with that and, and that led to um, pretty much where I came to a crossroads mm-hmm. uh, in t- early 2020, right before the George Floyd stuff happened. I had a kid, uh, my son, Presley, who at the time I think was around two years old. My wife was pregnant with our second child, who is now two. Her name is Juliet. And I was without a job. I lost a job again for, you know, getting into it with my boss. And and, um, at this point, I'm more hostile than I've ever been in my life, ready and willing to fight anybody who comes across my path. And I did do that. Um, and I, I was very focused on my music and writing my songs, Mm -hmm. smoking and watching movies and spending all my time in my basement, completely separated from my family, neglecting them. And, you know, Mark, when everything started to happen with COVID and, and everything with the George Floyd, there was a lot of, our cultures were starting to clash. Right. 
-hmm. the biblical worldview and the hybrid worldview that most people have and the secular worldview was all coming to a clash. And there was, uh, you know, all of you couldn't turn on your TV without seeing racism and gender and abortion. And it was just and we've seen that before, but I don't think it's ever been more polarizing than it is today. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself getting sucked in to this social justice ideology, mm -hmm. Marxist, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I was in full support of everything that was going on. And I was just buying into the narrative of our culture. And that led to a lot of disagreements and harsh conversations mm -hmm. with people in my family right. who are more conservative, who have mm -hmm. a biblical worldview opposed to my at best hybrid worldview, mainly secular. And, and so as this is happening at the same time, my life is falling apart. My wife is about to leave me. I don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, I didn't know until after the fact that she was going, I was days away mm -hmm. before I got saved from losing her, my, my son, she was about to leave me, wow. which is a very scary thought looking back, Mark. Um, yes. But anyway, I get into it with some family members over Facebook, oddly enough, and I deleted all my social media and I told my wife I'm going on a quest. I'm going on a search for truth and I'm going to find it. And I don't know what the truth is, but I will find it and I will not be biased. I will look into everything. So I'm reading books on philosophers and political leaders and wars and, and anything you can find. And I knew I was going to get to the Bible and Jesus at some point. But I just didn't think that's where I was going to find the truth. Mm -hmm. right. And so that was kind of on the back burner. I'm spending every night watching documentaries, reading, trying to figure out exactly what the truth is in life and which side am I going to fall on? Because mm -hmm. honestly, I knew that that depending on what I found was going to change my life radically. And I was willing to change, you know, I was willing to right, say, okay, right. let's, let's figure out who I am, what I believe. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was a little bit scared and a little bit excited at the same time. It's, and it's weird, but I thought there was a good chance I'm going to end up an atheist in all of this. And that's something. Because, yeah, yeah I, I knew that this, mm -hmm these beliefs that I were, that I was starting to believe these values, these ideas, I knew they contradicted my upbringing in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so I thought if, if these are true, I can't be a Christian. God cannot be real. And so what I wanted to do was once I approached the Bible was I wanted to acquire the knowledge to use against my family yeah. and show them <laughs> the error of their ways, right? The, yes. yes, exactly. Okay. Their yeah. understanding of who Jesus is, what the church is meant to be. All of it is wrong. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Okay. Now, mind you, for those who don't know, my dad has eight brothers and sisters, all of whom are, are in right now or have been in the ministry for years. Um, my grandparents, my my grandpa, preacher, evangelist, his whole life. Right. Um, my dad was the only one who didn't go in the ministry, but he did go into the military. Mm -hmm. And um, I grew up in a, in a split home, and so that's kind of why I, I 
you know, was right. in and out of the church mm-hmm. my my whole life growing up. So anyway, my dad, I, I'm I'm in my basement. I'm completely stoned. I've been smoking all day, all night. And I call my dad because I watched every show that was to watch on Netflix. I said, Dad, what would be a good show to watch? And he said, you should watch The Chosen. It's really good. It just came out. I said, okay, you know. So I watched The Chosen, which is this new show on about Jesus and the right, disciples. Right. And, yes. mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it, it was exciting to me. I said, okay, this is interesting enough. I, I, I'll look into it. So I watched all the, the movies, you, you know, the Son of God series and the movie and mm-hmm. uh, found myself confused more than anything. I had no idea why Abraham was going to sacrifice his son and why we thought he was a great prophet or saint or, you know, who I didn't know who he was or what, Yeah, but I'm thinking, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking optimistically here yet. Okay. And then I get to the gospels. All right. And at this time they were on Netflix. I'm not sure if they're still there, but it's called the gospel of Mark. And that's one movie. Then the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they're four separate movies, about three and a half to four hour, uh, word for word adaptations of the gospel. So you see people acting out the gospels, but you don't hear them. You just hear the narrator reading word for word, the gospels. And something began to happen in me, Mark. Yeah. And I have my Bible down there. And at this time I was using it to hold my peace pipe. I'd open up the pages and use the binding to just hold it there. I wasn't, you know, I just had it there. Um, but but it was I'm hearing and reading with the subtitles and I'm watching and I mean everything at once, you know, mm-hmm. and the, you know, funny thing, actually, Mark, uh, I'm a, I'm embarrassed to say this now, <laughs> but I remember I got to Mark mm-hmm. and I thought, man, this is going to be this is going to be good. This is this is really uh, this is really good stuff here. And the movie started and I thought I just watched this movie. <laughs> like what why is this a, so i'm like googling is something wrong with the gospels on netflix it's the same and i turn on luke and john and i'm like this is the same i didn't realize that these were four different accounts but yes. the same story yes so there are differences and and so when i realized this i thought well i'll look I, you know I, I'll, I'll watch them all i watch them all i watch them all again i make my wife come down and watch them I'm driving her insane and uh, I remember one night being down there by myself, and I said, I still didn't understand the cross, mm-hmm. okay? And I know that sounds crazy. I heard the gospel my whole life, every church camp, every camp meeting, every altar call, every, you know, I've, I've, I've known it my whole life. I've heard it over and over again. Jesus died for your sins on the cross, right? But I had no idea what that actually meant. And I cried out to Jesus. And I said, you know, Jesus, if you are God, just prove it to me. And Mark, I was very sincere. I wasn't testing him. I didn't expect there to be lightning or a voice from heaven. Um, I just asked him sincerely, if you're God, I want to know. And uh, literally Mark in an, in a moment, it was as if a dead man came to life. I mean, I don't know when I look back on it now, I, I, there's no words to explain what happened. Absolutely. Right. The spiritual scales from my eyes lifted. 
all of a sudden I could hear and see what was in front of me, the cross. In a moment, it made sense. I was given the gift of faith. And Mark, I'm telling you what, I I, I know it to be. It says the word of God is alive and active. Yes. It okay? it's, it's piercing the division of soul and spirit and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Humbly accept the word of God, James says, or, or the word that God has planted in your heart, for it has the power to save. And yes, Paul it tells does. us that the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation Amen. to everyone who yes. believes. I'm here because the word of God pierced my heart. And it, I mean, a bomb went off in my house. And if I knew what was going to happen, I never would have accepted it. If I was thinking to myself, well, I have to quit smoking. I have to quit this. This is going to change. I will never write a song again. I, I had written probably 25 to 30 songs. They meant everything to me. If I knew that I would never write a song again, at least up until this point, mm -hmm. I never, mm -hmm. my whole life was at jeopardy. I didn't know it. He came in and all my aspirations all my goals, all my desires, completely shattered, completely taken away. And I saw, uh, you know, I, and here's the thing. When I understood it, I don't, I don't know what moment it was that I got saved because I think a part of that is that I was so stoned. I don't remember a lot of that, but I remember that moment. And over the next few days, there was constant joy. Mm -hmm. uh, repentance. I cannot tell you how sorry I was for my sin. When I realized it was my sin that put him on the cross, yeah. that it was me he died for, that it was that, that, that was my yeah. punishment. Mark, it was, uh, yeah. I was a child. I was a child who was understanding it for the first time. Yeah. And I, I can't explain it outside of That's that. That's great. That's great. Well, it's the new birth. You know, you were born again. And now as you look back, it all begins to make sense. But then it was like, what happened? It's like, but yeah. you passed from death to life. You were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. You became a new creature in Christ Jesus, and the old things passed away, and all things were becoming new. And so, yeah, I mean, I, it it's, it's amazing to me as I hear story after story, that focal point where people understand that they've passed from death to life. Something yeah. has happened. I'm not the same. And that's why Christianity is, is far more than a religion. It's a heart transformation. Oh, 100%. It's, yeah, it's new life. Well, that's exciting. We've got about, about three minutes here. So I'd like for you now to just kind of fast forward and tell us now where you are in the journey as you and your wife, Tiffany, begin to prepare for an exciting new ministry. Tell us in the next three, four minutes what that's all about. Yeah, well, Mark, I just want to say it's been about, uh, it's been almost three years mm -hmm. since that happened. And since then, my wife and I, we've been, uh, we, we've been dedicated to Shepherd's Global Classroom. Mm -hmm. It's a discipleship program, mm -hmm. and it's, it's originally for to serve under or, or to help underserved pastors and missionaries and people who get saved under their ministry uh, to, to help them. And that's what we have used. And that's what brought me to a point where I'd have an opportunity like this. Mm -hmm. My wife and I are taking our kids. 
we are moving to the border of Thailand to be missionaries in Burma. Now, Burma has been in a 75-year civil war. It's terrible. There's complete genocide going on right now, perpetrated through significant acts of violence, uh, such as artillery strikes, you know, horrible military uh, mm -hmm. acts of violence. And then you have soldiers running through villages, burning down churches, raping, murdering, kidnapping. It's it's absolutely terrible. I don't have time to get into all the statistics and everything, but Myanmar is in a, is in a bad way right now. And, you know, God has opened up a door for my wife and I to move there and to join the Free Burma Rangers, mm -hmm. who are a humanitarian ministry that do work uh, in Burma, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Syria, Saudi Arabia, uh, and a few other regions. Uh, but if what I would say is if you want to know more about what I will be doing, there is a documentary on Amazon Prime called Free Burma Rangers. I strong, strongly recommend you watch it. Um we, you're also um, going to, I believe, put our website uh, in the link. Yes, or I will. Underneath, yeah. Uh, so that'll be there if you if you want to see more about what we're doing and what our mission is. Uh, we also are going to be using Shepherd's Global Classroom in Thailand, and so to help disciple Christians in the church. That's great. Uh, but while we're in Burma, I'll be training as a medic to become a medic there. We will be uh, after about a year. Tiffany and the kids can start going in with me. And I'll go in for about two months at a time. After the first year, they can start coming in. Uh, it's very dangerous. Uh, it's illegal to be a Christian missionary in Burma. There's a foreign ban on them right now and uh, has been since 1994. And so we just need a lot of prayer. Absolutely. Um, you know, if, and if people yeah. want to support, they can go to the website. Uh, pretty much on every page, there's a button with a link they can click. Um the, the last thing I'll say, Mark, is this for anyone who uh, you know, as far as doing what God wants you to do. This is about as scary as it gets. I'll be honest with you. Um, I've, I have had people, I've had, I have had loved ones say, question us about if we care for our children's safety. I've been told I do not love my kids um, and, and a lot of terrible things, but this is what I want to say um, here in America. And I love America. I love it. But we have more than we need. Yes. And why is it, Mark, that our needs do not diminish in proportion to our possessions? Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's why. I want my children to be rich in Christ. Amen. You have to be rich yes. in Christ. Yes. Anything else will fail you. I want them to be rich through Christ in experiences and fellowship and servanthood. That's very important. These are things that will have an earthly and more importantly, heavenly impact. That's right. Eternal impact and benefit on their lives. And Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Amen. No one yes. will know greatness, Mark, in his kingdom without knowing servanthood. Okay, we decided as a family to go. And I'll, and I'll close with this. I know we're running out of time, Mark. We have decided as a family to go because Galatians 5.13 says that we are called to use our freedom to indulge to um, not indulge in the flesh, but to serve one another humbly in love. Isaiah 117, we are told to correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. In Isaiah 5810, we are promised that if we pour ourselves out on behalf of the hungry, satisfy the needs of the oppressed, our light will rise in the darkness and the night will become like noonday. Listen, Mark, my wife and I understand that this will be a sacrifice 
I will learn most of my lessons the hard way. I'm sure of it. And I realize that I have no idea what I'm doing. And this is, this is my whole point. I do this because without Jesus, I would still be a dead man walking in my yeah, sins. That's right. that's right. He's the only reason I'm here. He's placed this desire in my heart to go. And now he's giving me the desire that Amen. he's placed in my heart. I will trust in him. I will dedicate this new life to his purposes and his will. And the safest place for me to be in my family is in his will. Amen. That's right. So, And I want yes. everyone in the world to experience what I experienced when I came to Christ. Amen. Well, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. And we'll be praying for you and Tiffany and your family. And we'll try to have a podcast somewhere down the road after you get there and uh, find out a little bit more about what's happening. Thank you so much for being part of today's episode, friends. Thank you for listening. And we appreciate so much your participation and prayers for this ministry. As I always say and mean from the depths of my heart, Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. And if you'll look to him, he will help you find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about hope along the journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more hope along the journey.